0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Skincare Anarchy. This is your host Ecta. Today's guest is somebody who has been referred to as the Human Beauty Encyclopedia by Into the Gloss and he has numerous followers on both Instagram and YouTube so a lot of people really rely on him for his beauty advice his reviews to help them figure out what they need in their collections so without further ado I want to introduce you guys to Chris Pond Chris welcome to the show thank you for being here
1: all right, well, thank you so much for having me. It's it's really a pleasure to to chat with you. Uh, it's great. It's finally cooling off in Houston, and um, you know, I spent the last six years living in New York, so I kind of miss the seasons. Yeah. Um, you know that that passage of time is sort of nice to to be able to watch. But um,
0: how are yeah. you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just uh, you know I'm getting used to the cold. I. I actually moved here to New York from Florida, and like oh. before that, I was in the Caribbean. So now I'm like winter again.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> like, You're like, what's a winter coat? I know
0: it's so bad, but yeah. Um, I want you to tell us all about yourself, Chris. Seriously, I want to know all about you your your background, your your journey and the beauty uh industry, everything. Just anything you want to share.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I always like. Uh kind of bring it back to there's this one picture of me with like my race car pajamas on I was about three years old and I had gotten into my mom's purse and I took her like fuchsia lipstick smeared it all over my face and like it's sort of been I've been hooked since then you know I just I was always getting in trouble for getting into my mom's makeup drawer or I would find my way into like the Halloween costume wigs and just be running around the house with like a three musketeers wig on (laughs) but I was just I don't know. I've always been drawn to beauty as a concept and I guess the color aspect of it and, and the, the precious object kind of quality of it. You know, you have this like yeah. small tube of lipstick, but like that can mean the difference between, you know, feeling tired and feeling kind of, you know, dull and then, yeah. you know have this pop of color in your face that just like changes your whole mood is really quite fascinating to me
0: exactly and it feels so good right when that color really sets on your skin like I was talking to somebody earlier about how it took me literally 10 years to find my favorite nude color
1: like and you know and to be <laughs> honest I thought that's a good point that you bring up because I feel like only recently have we seen um you know a nude that wasn't just a gray beige you know what I yeah. mean that where yeah. they're really richer deeper tones that were flattering for all skin tones and all undertones I think which is also a key thing yeah
0: Um, yeah
1: but when you find it right and you can finally you know find that one color or you know that uh family of colors that just feels right you know it's 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 powerful It's, it's
0: amazing it's a powerful feeling and it's like you know I can tell you honestly from my perspective um you know I don't wear a lot of makeup So like, not that I didn't in my my teens, but like when I do it's and and I put that lipstick on, it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like something, like something sets in my mind and I'm like, I'm ready for my day.
1: (laughs) It's It's like war paint almost, right?
0: Yes. Yes, yes, exactly like that. So, okay, so tell me about your amazing journey, because you said you've been doing this since you were 15 years old in terms of, um, you know, just brand discovery and all of this awesome stuff. So can you tell us all about your journey and just how you got started? Um, I, I know you just kind of explained it, but how was the whole experience with YouTube and stuff? Oh, well, you know,
1: I always, it started with Halloween, I think. My my mom is really into it, and she always took it really seriously, and, you know, it was always, we dressed up as a family every year, and the house is decorated, so I was always kind of drawn to the power of transformation, I guess, that makeup can bring, and yeah. I remember being, like, five years old, and them getting, getting me off the bus dressed as Lily and Herman Munster, and just yeah. feeling like I was on top of the world, that, like, you know, my yeah. parents were would be so extra as to, you know, be ready in costume. And, you know, I was always drawn to um, theater and film. And so as I got a little bit older, I was still, I would say this is like, maybe 10 years old at this point, I really got into musical theater. And so I was doing, you know, I got into makeup as such, you know, you have to learn how to apply makeup for the stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. yes it's a lot more extreme, you know, I'm talking about Halloween makeup, it's a lot more extreme than day-to-day wear, but, you know, just the idea of what light can do to a face, and what shadow can do, and again, right. just like, it kind of kept planting those seeds of interest, you know,
0: yeah, um, yeah.
1: and then that eventually led to an interest in, like, film and photography, but again, it was, like, portraiture, so I was always thinking about the makeup, and, and that sort of thing, yeah. and then um, I actually learned, you know, I would say, if we can call it a technique or, or however I approach makeup, came through watching YouTube. So, you know, oh, I started wow. when Michelle Fawn was like really kind of starting out. Oh my out. gosh,
0: oh my gosh. Was Icon of legend.
1: And I remember she did this like Lady Gaga uh, bad romance music video tutorial with this like yes. silver cream shadow and I was hooked. And oh so then it just God, became, yeah. I want to like find out as much as I can. I want to, you know, see who's doing all these interesting looks and you know who speaks to me, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and then eventually I, you know, with the encouragement of all my, um, all my friends in high school, I decided maybe I should just start filming and see what happens. And yeah. it just just became this like outlet you know I um you know I struggled with like bullying and and all of that kind of growing up and so to like have this escape where I could be myself and there weren't necessarily any immediate repercussions I guess you know the people who were watching them were my friends and um and that sort of thing so it just became this um like a an escape outlet Outlet. exactly and then it became like a passion you know where I was like I could do something with this you know or or I want to learn more I want this to become a thing you know Um, and I think it really all changed for me when I started Accutane yeah and this would have been around I think 2011 2012 I had struggled with cystic acne prior to that. And yeah. my derm and I tried everything topical, you know, the benzoyl peroxides, the retinoids, nothing was working. And, you know, my mom was a little hesitant to, to let me go on Accutane. Cause I already had a lot of mental health issues at that point. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, you have to be careful with, with, um, it's, a very, drug.
0: it's a very harsh drug. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: harsh. And, you know, and oftentimes I think, you know, the, when people approach it, you know, the derms are often very serious about it, which they need to be. But I think some people who may be a good candidate for it, maybe put it off out of yeah. fear and mm-hmm. can actually end up benefiting
0: from it the most, you know? So I agree. No, actually I was offered Accutane as well when I was like in my, t- cause you know, back then nobody knew about dermatologists, you know what I'm saying? Like right. nobody like, and like, I remember like I'm from an immigrant family and both my parents have no idea. Like they were like, you know, we don't know what to do without your, about your acne, like go wash right. your face. And I remember right. I, I also went to a dermatologist and they offered me Accutane. And at that time, um, you know, as a woman and the whole reproductive aspect of it, Absolutely. I was scared shitless. Like I was so scared. And then there was that,
1: was that awful story of that, that person who like got in a plane and like flew it into a
0: building, like because oh of
1: depression. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's serious. Right.
0: It's very serious. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But, you
1: know, it changed my life and it changed my skin. And for the first time I, you know, I wasn't, you know, there's such um, a mental health component associated with the skin. And, you know, yeah. as someone who has in the past felt very ashamed and very embarrassed of my skin condition it's yeah. i have that empathy i think you know it's yes yeah because you understand the pain and and then that's sort of what drove me to um to learn more about skincare. so while i was on accutane of course my skin changed became really dry and you mm-hmm. know you have you have to get all of the aquaphor and all of the survey and all of that right. to kind of combat that and right. i just became really fascinated with understanding um ingredients um, and my right. dermatologist warned me, you know, if you don't have a good skincare regimen after we're done with Accutane, it's going to come back. And so, yeah. you know, obviously at that point I swore to do everything I could to, to understand the skin and yeah. ingredients and, um, and you've had some really fantastic guests that, you know, have just brought up so many great points that I just, you know, would love yeah. to like chime in with that, that, you know, it, it's great to to also see the shift in the industry and the availability of this kind of information, you know? Right. Right. Um,
0: It's important. I mean, this is so important. And I think like, individuals that, you know, have gone through the skincare journey, right? Like we, we have to be able to like give opinions about what works and doesn't because, yeah. you know, I've, I've invited on dermatologists and I, as much as I love their, I love their expert advice and their, you know, the science behind it. It's also this, this personal experience where it's like mm-hmm. what you said, where it's like, you know, if you've struggled with acne and you've struggled with any skin condition, you really have to do your own homework at the end of the day. You know what I mean? And like make sure that it doesn't come back and it doesn't hurt you more because yeah, of course it hurts you. It hurts your psyche growing up and feeling like that. Yeah. And you bring up a
1: good point about dermatologists because I think, you know, especially with social media and we've got all of these great um, dermatologist influencers, if you like, um, who are, are bringing forth this information. But I think sometimes I find that, what can be overlooked is formulation and texture preference. And, you know, anyone can tell you that, you know, uh, ascorbic acid is great for, you know, evening out pigmentation and, and building collagen, but what if you prefer a gel texture or a liquid or a cream or, you know, and then there's, and then there's so many other factors. So, you know, I yeah. think it's, it's a big picture conversation. Well,
0: it's a sensorial experience. I mean, exactly. I think, you know, and I've been trying to like kind of gear the conversation a little bit in that direction in my own way where it's like you know skincare isn't just skincare it's self-care and a huge component of self-care is what you just said you know feeling the texture seeing if you like it on your skin if it absorbs well on your skin those all of those things kind of come together to create this experience we all have when we take that 20-30 minutes at the end of our day you know what I mean to like go and take care of our skin like that's a huge component of skincare so yeah it's not just the science and it's not just you know, does this work or not? Of course. And those are important. important. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, of course I want it to work, but it's like, at the end of the day, I'm buying this product because I want it to make me feel good in some way, you know?
1: Absolutely. And I think I'm really passionate about just enjoying what you have. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of like new product launches just because I like to see where things are going, but I'm also the first to tell you that take the product you've been using for the past year and take extra time applying it, you know, like take right. extra time cleansing your skin and like experience the, the bloom of, you know, when you add water to your gel cleanser and it kind of turns lathery and soft or using an oil that turns into a milk, like enjoy that, you know? Yeah, Someone's really yeah. hard to formulate that,
0: you know? Um, exactly, exactly. No, but I mean, I want to know, actually I'm very curious about one thing of the, the whole Instagram and like YouTube community in terms of the marketing aspect for companies um can you tell me about how like when brands reach out to you or if you're you know consulted for your for your opinion your reviews of a product like how does that work for you because I know there's been a lot of like just talk in the influencer community you know what I mean around brands and being not fair and all this all this stuff and I I've never known what the truth is you know what I'm saying like so I like I'm curious how that this this works
1: you know and there's still a lot of gray area because and i was listening to your um to your ftc uh, episode, you know, in preparation, yeah. but um, you know, th- there was some really great points brought up that when the FTC was first introduced, like influencers didn't exist, and so right. these updates that kind of come in can only kind of, as broadly as they can, kind of cover the changing times. But I think there, it really brings it back to ethics. So for right. me, I have to love a product in order to guarantee a review, and you know, it has to be a brand that I believe in, Um, you know, like just face-to-face conversation, obviously like talking on the phone or zoom, but like that kind of, that conversation can be so enlightening for whether or not I want to work with a brand. Like
0: Um, their journey, right? Like their brand. Yeah.
1: And you know, just to like, to meet the founder and kind of like get a feel for them, you know, because anyone can, can draft a really well thought out email, but you know, conversation tells you so much more, you know? Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm really passionate about independent brands and brands that are trying to change the narrative or bringing forth a perspective that hasn't been given the light that it's needed, you know, and right. years and decades and centuries. Um, right. But also kind of, I think, looking to those, I've recently kind of fallen back in love with the Icons products, yeah. you know, the products that are like top sellers that people really love and kind of come back to yeah yeah. they are they're an interesting benchmark and sometimes they and maybe I'm rambling but you know I think no
0: no please this is amazing (laughs) you know you think about like sitting here thinking about everything you're saying
1: (laughs) I know I'm like this is me like 10 o'clock at night lying awake like thinking about estee (laughs) lauder double wear you know what I mean um
0: No I do it too. it's okay. like that's why I'm like so excited that we're talking but yeah tell me tell me about the um the benchmark brands like give me some examples well, and this is a good point to bring up
1: but um there was a former Mac executive who yeah. shared her story of harassment um, who you know was like kind of stalked, followed, um, yeah. and then sort of gaslit into thinking that nothing was wrong when she went to kind of report it. And so yeah. it's part of a bigger conversation and, and looking at these iconic brands and these, especially these um, companies that own a lot of brands like Estee Lauder, like L'Oreal, um, you know, like Shiseido. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's important to revisit those brands and also to kind of, I mean, especially with the news changing every day and with Time's Up and with Me Too and with Black Lives Matter, all of these movements we've seen over the past five, six, seven years, I think it's only, it can only be a good thing. And I think it's
0: it's I think there's a lot of work that goes behind it yes, like I mean yes. I think that's what people aren't understanding and you know that's what actually I'm not kidding that is one of the big, biggest reasons I reached out to Andrew from Maybelline he's the, the mm. global um, marketing director for Maybelline because I really wanted to debunk this idea of well there's white men sitting there and they have no idea what beauty is um that's wrong <laughs> you know like that's not true because there's a lot of marketing research that's being done there's a lot of these huge brands aren't just huge because it happened you know what i mean Or like somebody gave them the right amount of money no they they have a huge following of people and to like give them the the credit and the honors that they deserve is important because i'm not gonna lie to you like you know growing up for me maybelline was awesome you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i i could go to the store and find maybelline products and be like i feel like i can wear lipstick today or i feel like i can wear my foundation because it matches my skin so you know, like to revisit them. I think that's very, very important. I agree with you.
1: And to hope that they're listening to the demands that consumers are making that, I mean, especially editors and people in the content creation space who are saying, you know, this isn't acceptable. I mean, it hasn't been acceptable for a long time, but now that we've got all of these voices kind of chiming in at once saying enough is enough, you know, I just hope that that you know, even though these, in certain instances, these are really big companies and really big brands. But I hope that if enough people kind of make their voice heard, that that change will come, you know, and not just right. a change.
0: Well, also, it's like, okay, how do you feel about this? Because this is something that I have really been struggling with in the last year because I originally had that Dermal Unity account and then I started the Skincare Anarchy. But I was confused about how everybody wants every brand to be completely, like... Fifty Shades of Foundation, Mm. you know what I mean? Like, every possible, like, combination of ingredient, you know, like, that kind of thing. And it's like, I just don't think it's logical. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't think that's a logical approach for people to have. Like, how do you, what do you think about that whole conversation? Well, you know, I think it's good that we,
1: that people are taking strides towards doing better. I mean, Fenty's a great example, right? They came in and they said... This isn't. This is part of our DNA. You know that you have a place here that we can find your foundation color. That we didn't just do. You know, forty shades. That they're shades that will actually work for real people. You know, they've right. been tested. They've been proven. Um, and I think they they obviously set a new standard. And you know, it's not reasonable to expect every brand to have fifty shades of foundation. No, but for their messaging to make someone who maybe wasn't able to find their foundation shade in the past and maybe is now able to, that they feel included and not just like, like a token, you know what I mean? Like tokenism. And, you
0: know, I,
1: if, if a shade range and, you know, if a shade range is well done, uh, you don't need a hundred shades, you know, it can be done thoughtfully and, um, and that's across all levels of coverage as well. I think I should also bring that up that, you know, some yeah. brands will argue like our foundation is sheer, so we don't need as many colors, but even then it's about undertone and it's about context. Like someone might be using your tinted moisturizer under their foundation, you know, right. not just as a product on its own. So that's
0: an excellent point. That is such an excellent, because yeah, you're right. Layering is a thing. I mean, I, I layer, I, I remember you remember bare minerals, when they had yes. their like, um, oh my gosh, cause I was obsessed. All so tab and buff. <laughs> yes oh my god I was obsessed and I used to put that you know how okay this is so bad but like a lot of beauty gurus were like never put powder foundation on top of liquid foundation mm. I was the girl that did that, <laughs> I did that every and did it work time. for you though yes. you know what I mean
1: like that that's <laughs> what I'm saying like yeah. do what works for you
0: right right and that's why I'm like that's where I think this whole conversation for me is like I think about that because I'm like dude I mean it worked right it's like at the end of the day I got the look I wanted so what's the problem if every single person can't do the same thing (laughs) like it's not you know it shouldn't be about that
1: and you know there have been like makeup artists over the years who have like revolutionized technique like you know for example we're talking about like um like Kevin Aquan is obviously a recent example he didn't invent contouring but like you know applying colors underneath foundation to change to sculpt the face like that's that's sort of if you if you think about it maybe not a generic rule it's more theatrical but it's a technique and it changed the way people did their makeup you know what I mean for a certain period of time so
0: yes and and I mean that's that's like those are all techniques that are always coming out I don't know do you like Wayne Goss on YouTube because I love his work
1: (laughs) you know and I love his brushes brilliant brushes they're investment pieces but I can tell yeah. they're going to last for a long time.
0: But th- but my point is, is like these kind of like the makeup artists that are constantly giving like the same, the, like they're basically echoing what you just said in that like, you know, this whole layering thing and this whole like mixing and matching and doing things till it works for you. Like mm. this is something I feel like it just needs to be amplified. You know what I'm saying? Like I think more people need to, a- realize that and this individualistic aspect of beauty you know I know we're talking makeup but that also applies to skincare in my opinion absolutely you know, you know. it's yeah. trial and
1: error and you know makeup washes off skincare washes off hopefully you don't have an allergic reaction to it but you know the moisturizer <laughs> doesn't feel right the texture is not right you can rinse it off you know and start yeah. over
0: Exactly. So tell me about, okay, tell me about some of the brands that you you might have tried recently and you're really excited about. I'd love to hear.
1: You actually had one of them uh, as a guest uh, the other day, Boonie Dune. That cleanser is phenomenal. Beautiful ingredients, incredible delivery system. The packaging is fantastic, truly thought out. And, you know, it's not often that I see a brand or a product that's truly different you know i get contacted by a lot of a lot of companies and it's yeah. almost like a mad lib of like different cities throughout the world and different antioxidants that they found and vitamins and like you know it just feels like a regurgitation of the same thing yeah i love puja's vision
0: she's yes. so like it was so cool right the the tapioca capsule like melting with water like i was just like and i tried it and this. it does and it works oh. Oh my gosh i'm I'm just like i i'm so excited that these technologies are coming out it's like you know it's almost like i'm the biggest science nerd and when i see science and beauty combined i just go like oh my gosh right. <laughs> like, and,
1: and, and was- from someone who took the time to understand what they were talking about you know what right. i mean not just right. not just putting words into a machine and letting it spew out you know um yeah. i also love um ode to self skincare mm. um they have this amazing toner that's got like um helichrysum and royal jelly and um bros and all these beautiful ingredients super super juicy wow. uh supernal cosmic glow oil oh Love. i am
0: like begging them to come on the show i'm oh, not even kidding <laughs>
1: And Melissa, the founder, so like truly a kind person, like you can tell she put her heart and soul into it. And, and that's that's what I look for is, you know, I'm more inclined to agree to try a product from a brand where it's, you know, a founder or a duo or a small team versus, you know, a huge company. Now, granted, it's nice to get those offers as well, you right. know, for for portfolio diversification, but, you know, I feel like it's it's a closer experience, you can kind of, it's more intimate, you can kind of tell someone's thought process when the the product is really well thought out and performs yeah. and, and does what they're claiming it's going to do, you know, exactly. and I feel like yeah. you're more likely to get that from someone who I think maybe has more to lose, because it's just them
0: you know yeah and it's it's their baby like the business is their baby and they want to make it you know make sure everything is done right I love that too I love independent brands and I love that you know um so many companies right now um I don't know if you've noticed this as well they're they're popping up and it's just this huge like almost I feel like it's returning like returning a corner in skincare you know what I mean like it's it's like we're coming into this um, area of not only more sustainability but um, just better products that we can use on the go especially with COVID and the way our lifestyles have changed so much you know all that stuff.
1: And you know I'm really curious to see what happens if we notice like a sort of a, at least a temporary shift in I mean we've seen people focusing more on like eyeshadow tutorials and mask knee treatments but yes. I wonder if we don't see like a temporary to permanent shift in the beauty market you know and the kinds of products that are coming out and the the way that brands are positioning their products you know right, right.
0: Um, both for new and existing brands what do you think what do, in your opinion like what do you think is like the new like the direction you want to see skincare go in like if, like what direction do you think needs to be taken more right now mm. well, well, that's I a hard think question it, it is
1: hard <laughs> Um, I think, and I'm so guilty of this as well, just because I try so much stuff, but I think the conversation around sensitized skin and sort of yeah. antidotes to trying too much, using too many actives, you know, I look at a brand like The Ordinary who really made these uh, kind of complex Seeming formulas and ingredients more accessible, but I think with that, like you know, that peeling solution, that red gel, for example, it's a strong product, and you have people doing like micro needling and then putting that on top, and then putting you know a ten percent lactic acid serum on top of that. Oh my gosh! You know, and then I mean, bless the estheticians who are hopefully getting some business from all of this. Like, I don't want to say it that way, but you know, I think the conversation around. Calming ingredients and soothing ingredients, and kind of returning your skin to an equilibrium, I yeah. think is 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 budding, and it will become, I think, uh, quite prevalent in the next few years. So,
0: like, I completely, completely love that you said that because. This whole sensitivity thing, I think, is like I honestly think people need to educate themselves more because I am a huge, like, I hate the whole at home microneedling thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I just do not think that we should put any kind of medical grade product into our hands and then put it on our face. Like, you know, without I'm not poking
1: holes in my own face. Thank you. Right.
0: Right. (laughs) Like, please, you can poke them for me. Like, someone who's trained. Yes, exactly. And I just, I'm so you know, I feel like you're so, so right about this because you're right. People are just doing peel after peel. And I feel like, I think Dr. Um, Nazarian brought this up on that new Netflix show with her and um, Nurse Jamie. They -hmm. said something about how there's just people who are just doing peel after peel after peel. And it's like, literally like, what are you doing to your skin? You're, You're going to damage it to the point of scarring and, you know, massive hyperpigmentation and, you know, it just can lead to so many problems. And that For me, I don't know. It kind of concerns me a little bit for consumers. Yes. And, you know, back in maybe
1: 2015, 2016, I was doing freelance sales for Dr. Dennis Gross, who Mm. obviously is really well known for peels. And I I picked up really quickly on people who were really dedicated to them and maybe did them too frequently. You can really tell like, you know, they have like, it's shiny skin, but it doesn't look healthy, you know? interesting kind of plasticky tightness so I kind of I picked up on how to kind of look out for it and then you know of course with trying stuff myself and kind of experiencing like overdoing it you know I think it's sort of trained me to to be more aware of when my skin starts to give me the signs that it's you know it needs to kind of calm down a bit yeah Um, And you're right, people, you know, I think that's something that people should learn. But I also think it's, you know, it's up to brands who are putting out these really potent products to have proper guidance and instructions.
0: So guidance, dosing, can we just talk dosing? I mean, like, I, I brought this up with Dr. Natalia Spearings and I was like, why do we, like, seriously at this point we have so many brands like you said there's like all these actives all these ingredients why is nobody thinking about putting like a dosing chart on the back of the the bottle you know what i'm saying like tell people exactly how much like you know chemistry is a thing yes (laughs) chemistry is real and we need to you know we need to actually if we want to go into the science of it i mean we need to put that on the labels more than anything not just ingredients like everyone can read an ingredient list and go, well, I like that it has this and I like that it's got this, but then somebody like me is going to be like, well, what about, um, how much of this concentration is in every pump? You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, that's important.
1: And is, you know, and then you talk about packaging and stability and, and so just like, it's, it's such a big picture conversation that I think to only focus on just ingredients or just, um, you know, the, the marketing story, it, it does a disservice to what the product is as a complete item. You know what I mean? Yes. And part of a complete yes. ritual.
0: Right. I completely agree. I completely agree. I mean, in terms of, I want to get your opinion though. What, what do you think about packaging? Like how important is packaging to you when you look at a product? Ooh,
1: you know, this is interesting that you bring this up. Cause I've run into a few products where I love what's inside the bottle, but I don't like the bottle itself. <laughs> And it's, yeah. you know, it's like, this is good juice, like come out of the tube, you know? Right. But I think, um, you know, the good thing is, is that preservative systems exist for a reason. You know, any reputable brand should have a robust preservative system. So that will protect the product regardless of the packaging. Yeah. But, you know, if you have a, a formula that is light and air sensitive, it should be packaged, you know, appropriately. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so I think it's important, but I also think you know, there's still, there's gray area. I mean, yes, you want your vitamins to be in protective glass and airtight and all of that. But, you know, as we're finding more ingredients like like a THD scorbate, for example, which is a little bit more stable in the presence of air, like you have yeah. brands that are using that as part of their marketing, you know? Like it's okay yeah. that it's in a jar because the ingredient itself is more stable. So it can get a little hairy, you know? Yeah. with like,
0: yeah. and convoluted right like it's it's very and you know my I think one of my biggest questions is that there's like there seems to be this like culture now in the skincare industry where it's like one ingredient is discovered or what you just said a new way of stabilizing an active is discovered and then we have these exor- uh, exorbitant cr- uh, claims about oh my gosh this is it you know what I mean like everything else is negated this is it this is mm. gonna work you know let's haul hop on this bandwagon and then <laughs> let's see what I have. i just i do not understand where that comes from because the literature doesn't support it so like mm-hmm. i want to know from your standpoint like when you look into ingredients and when you you know are just educating yourself about something you're interested in where do you go for that information do you go to pubmed or like how do you how do you, you know? yes i mean i'm not the best
1: at i guess digesting it all the time and you know i try to read past the introduction and and to get into the meat of it but it's still yes. some of the language is a little it's hard for me to understand, but I think if I can at least give myself a, you know, following certain accounts like chemists and formulators that are good about sort of posting like kind of Stephen. I don't know if you know him, but Stephen yeah. Co. Um, yeah. He always does these really great graphics on, you know, um, hyaluronic acid and vitamin C stability and um, right. preservatives, and so, you know, and then he does a great job of like linking to these sources, so absolutely a turn to influencers, but, you know, a quick Google search and a dig through anything that doesn't seem like a blog from a brand's website, you yes,
0: know, yes. Um, will at least give you a way to into it, you know, a starting right. point. Right. And that's, I love that. I love that because it's like, you know, everything's not going to be on That's why I asked you because a lot of times I go on to PubMed and I'm like, I don't know anything. <laughs> like, I, I can't find the research. I can't find the articles. So, you know, it's it's just not there. So in that regard, it's like, do I completely disregard the skincare product right. or do I dig somewhere else? Right. So I, I don't know. I think there's a huge, like missing link there. If, if you, you know, in my opinion, I think the influencers a lot of times know a lot more than some people who are maybe marketing these products. Mm. Um, because, you know, if I were to talk to you, you can tell me in depth about certain ingredients, but then I get a marketing person from a small line and they're not going to be, I don't think they know as much and, and they're making these claims and that's where I have a problem, right? It's like, Mm. it's, you know, you just, you can't, you can't make claims you don't know about, like you just can't do it. Um, Mm. it's okay to say you really like this or you think this is going to work for your skin because of these reasons or this, but when you're saying as a company, Um, we have this and, you know, this product is going to definitely do all these things because we changed this aspect. There's no data backing you up, you know, and there's, that's where I become like, I have a problem and that's where I turn to more beauty experts and, you know, um, people because you guys do the homework, you do the homework that no one else seems to be doing in my opinion. Well,
1: and that's where you get into the gray space. Uh, we can talk about gray space, um, of brands who are, um, you know who maybe, like you're saying, don't have that knowledge. And I, the reason I bring it up is I have worked for a number of brands. A lot of it has been on a freelance basis, but some of it has been, you know, working on the team. And yeah. you know, there's marketing language. You know, there's there's ways that you can talk about a product where it doesn't seem like a claim, but it's sort of it is almost yeah. like the appearance of wrinkles, the appearance of redness. You know, um, a lifted and smoothed feel, you know, versus actually lifting and smoothing your skin. So, sure. you know, it, it you kind of have to dig through that as well. And, and beyond just the press release, beyond just the the lingo. Um, yeah. So that's why it's so impressive when you see a brand that launches, like, that's why I bring up Booney Dune, because there's like, you know, the colloidal oatmeal that they're using and, you know, yeah. the gentle surfactant, like, these are things that, are sort of established, you know, that we have the data on. It's just, it's been being reinterpreted in a new way, in a new format. Right. Um, and that's why I think we're in an interesting place with these trailblazing brands who are trying new things, but yeah. also these brands that are bringing out products with ingredients that like l acid and niacinamide and retinoids that are proven. Yeah. So, you know, there's two camps and where I like to see, where I'm interested in is where they overlap, you know? Right.
0: Right. I get you. Yeah. No, that's interesting. That's really interesting because, um, you know, using old and older, I don't want to say old ingredients, but it's- a Like exactly proven, right? Yeah. Proven ingredients. Exactly. Proven ingredients. Using them, there's nothing wrong with that at all. And I think you make such a brilliant point about uh, Booney Dune because, yeah, use something that works and just, you know, take it further almost. Like, mm. you know, take it one step further. Yeah. Or look at it from a completely different angle, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So okay, Chris, one, one last question for you, because I'm so I just, I want to know what you think is like upcoming and like what the hot hottest brands are next. I mean, I, I'm so bad about um, keeping up with all the new releases and stuff. So is there something you're looking forward to like a release uh, coming out in the skincare industry? Ooh,
1: um, I'm actually really interested to see where devices go, Um, like the new face, like uh, Foreo just released their Bear device, Um, because I think that technology and that sort of accessibility of being in home is, I think, really appealing to people, especially now, um, you know, especially people who are fortunate enough to be able to work from home and, you know, have that flexibility in their budget to buy, you know, an at-home device. I think it's I think it's really interesting because it, it works, you know, a lot of these times the microcurrent works, you know, there's yeah. proof that it works and a lot of people, if they can save a trip to the, their esthetician, their dermatologist make a, you know, a one-time investment and sort of be done for a while. Yeah. Um, I wonder if we won't start seeing that with other devices. Um, yeah. it's been... Have you heard of
0: Droplet? Have you droplet. heard of that? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh, Chris, you're gonna love it. Seriously, I'm not even Dro- joking. I'm
1: droplet writing this. Yeah,
0: I literally I interviewed them, and you need to look up Droplet because okay. this is the coolest technology. Wait till you see their technology. Like I'm telling you, this is the next thing on, in skincare. They're basically delivering these tiny um, vesicles of the actives into you, like. Deeper into your skin layers. Oh, wait, wait, wait! Is this like a sort of like the Alginist Genius? Like yeah, Chanel. Kind Patrick of, Beauty? but it's like a it's a de- it's like a misting device. Like they- <gasps> ooh, okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I love. Okay, written down.
0: Yeah. I really want to hear your, your uh, thoughts on that when you try it, because it is, I'm t- dude, like I literally used it one day and my, I had a, like a terrible reaction. I used it one day. My entire skin looked better the next day. Like it, it's really good. Technology. Mm. Yes. Yes. So I'm super, super excited for you to try it and tell me what you think. Cause I think you're going to love it. Ooh. Okay. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah. So, okay. Awesome. Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, this has been so cool and I'm going to invite you on, you know, that right? Like multiple times. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would love that. Cause I just, I love, I love talking skincare with somebody else who, you know, just loves it. And you, I just, you know, you have such a, I think our journeys are very similar. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, with the whole acne thing and you know, mm. just the, the, the feeling that we, you have when your skin doesn't look the way you want it to, you know, I, I really relate with you on that. So thank you. Thank you Thank so much you. for coming Thank on the show. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, guys, everybody listening out there, please give um, Chris a follow. Um, he's on Instagram and obviously YouTube, right? So, yes. um, please, please, please go check out his page. Um, There's some really cool stuff on there. Amazing products. I honestly go on there and um, cheat and I, I look at <laughs> what you like and I reach out to those brands. I'm not going to lie. So oh my goodness. Um, please, please give Chris please a do. follow. Um, and then also follow us. Please subscribe to our podcast. Please rate it um on iTunes, Spotify, and then leave questions for Chris and I on the um, podcast art for this episode. And we will definitely answer them. I'll redirect them to you, Chris, any questions I get. So Um, yeah, thank you so much. And I will talk to you guys next time.